Part 1, Chapter 5, A Chance Meeting Through the darkness they wandered for a long time. It was anyone's guess just how long. Ajax might have said an entire day had passed, but Cassandra, less impulsive, would have said hours and surely not a day. Whoever had the right of it, the conditions made it feel like eternity. Once, Ajax nearly plunged them down a sheer drop with a step into nothingness. Cassandra held his hand fast and drew him back to safety. After that, on hands and knees, they'd felt out the terrain ahead. The floor dropped away, leaving only a spindly bridge to cross over the abyss. The bridge had no rails. It was surely a path of cruel stonework, bent on casting down, feeding to the gluttonous abyss any who dared passage. The callous stone seemed to beg them to fall, to command it, but the children inched across like snails and denied the bridge its wish. Once they'd found the other side, Ajax groped, anxious for the wall's cool touch again. He had heard in some distant memory that the only way to navigate a maze was to keep one's hand upon the wall through every twist and turn. He'd prayed he'd not mucked that up already, having parted necessarily from the wall to cross the bridge. They continued on until Ajax's fingers skimmed a void, then brushed rough wood grain and smooth hinges. A door, a jar, stood to their left. Ajax stopped to ponder, but at length kept the rule of hand to wall. He placed his fingers back on the wall before the open door and let it lead them through the doorway. Beyond the door, the wall doubled back the way they'd come, then turned, abruptly perpendicular. Had they come into a room? The notion proved true when Ajax's shin struck something hard, a chair perhaps, that clattered to the ground. Who's there? A voice called out. The children didn't dare to breathe. Children. The voice sounded nothing like Zagora's. It was small, soft. Did you escape her? Cassandra felt a swish of wind beside her head. Whoever it was had come close. She reached her hands out, but felt no one. Nothing. You needn't be afraid. I won't hurt you. The voice said again. Indeed, it was much closer this time, nearly on top of them. That's what that witch said before she tried to kill us. There was steel in Ajax's voice. I'm sorry, the strained voice said. I hate the things Sakura does. That is why I'm down here. I glimpsed her with the two of you in the entry room and couldn't bear to watch anymore. Who are you? Where are you? Ajax asked, risking a reach through the darkness with his wall hand. The other never left Cassandra's, not for an instant. I'm here, the voice said, and Ajax felt a gentle touch on his shoulder. Before he could clap his hand down, the speaker had withdrawn the touch. Why can't I touch you? Ajax's voice was tinged with frustration. Well, I'm not just going to let you strike me, said the voice. I don't mean you harm, but how could I make you believe that, after what she's done? Do you know the way out of here? Asked Cassandra. Could you help us escape? Silence. The children began to wonder if whoever it was had left the room. 
but then an odd noise began. It sounded like the wind, howling, warbling through cracks in stone. It was weeping. I do know the way out, the voice managed between sobs. But without the key she wears around her neck, it's impossible to leave. The door you entered through is the only way out. Why are you so sad? asked Cassandra. Because you seem like very nice children. And now I've even met you. I don't want you to die. But what hope do you have? She'll find you eventually. And kill you. Then she'll train you both of blood in one of her foolish rituals. And of course it won't work. So then she'll rage and cry. And after that, you'll be thrown into pickling jars. Just like all the rest. We'll wait until she falls asleep, Ajax said. Then we can take the key and get out of here. You must not know, said the voice. Sekora bears three curses. The second is that sleep should never reach her eyes. She has not slept a wink since perhaps before the two of you were born. That is why she is so insane. Her mind was broken long ago. If I said that I had a way to get us out, would you help us? Ajax asked. Of course I would, the voice replied. The weeping had mostly stopped. But I don't believe there is a way. That's because you don't know what I brought out of the dark wood. I've got some darkthorn berries here. You could slip some into her food or drink, Ajax said. I'm afraid I couldn't, replied the voice. I'm bound by magic to certain guidelines. I cannot harm her. Elsewise, long ago, I would have laced her tea with hemlock and freed myself. But darkthorn berries don't harm anyone, Cassandra said. They just make a person so happy that they forget almost everything else. I've never heard of such a thing, the voice said. Do you think you could give her darkthorn berries knowing what you do now? Cassandra asked. If you've been truthful, then yes. But the magic prevents me from harming Zagora, even in ignorance. If the berries are poison, the magic will know. They aren't, Ajax said. She isn't lying to you. Very well then. Give them to me, and I will go and make her tea with them, said the voice. Ajax reached into his satchel and produced three of the berries. Three might have been excessive, but there was no room for error. Better excess than a dose too small. The one unseen took the berries from his hand, then gusted towards the door. Wait here, said the voice. I shouldn't be long. By now, she'll have calmed from the ordeal of losing the two of you, and she'll want her tea. I'll serve it to her, and then I'll tell her that I'll go and search for you. That won't be a lie, but she won't expect me to return with you. Are you sure the berries will work? Not entirely, said Ajax, but I think they will. Besides, what other choice do we have? By the time we show up, she should be happy enough to just give us the key and let us go. It's a wonderful plan. Let's only hope it works, the voice said. Wait for me here. I won't be long. 
a draft of air, and the children were sure that whoever it was had gone. They sat, huddled together in the darkness, gripping each other's hands tightly. Do you think it will work? asked Cassandra. I know it will. We aren't going to die here, Cass, he said. The name felt strange coming from Ajax, though not entirely wrong. Up till then, only Philip and her parents ever called her Cass. How do you know? Because I promised to find Philip, and I haven't done it yet. The hero was in his voice again. This would be a stupid way to die, don't you think? No. We're definitely getting out of here. He squeezed her hand. It wasn't long until a familiar whoosh of air moved above them, and they knew the other had returned. Come, my friends. It is done, the voice said. She was already smiling bigger than I've seen in years and calling me Honey Sweet. What is your name? Cassandra asked. Talavos, replied the voice. And you? They gave their names, and after Talavos said, I'm very pleased to meet you both, they were off winding, twisting back the way they'd come. Across the spindly bridge they went, and finally to the place of the last candle. As they came into the light, they got a look at Talavos. The creature that flew before them was not what they'd expected. It was something out of the Feylands, something from beyond the mortal world, a chimera of sorts. He was small, scarcely larger than Ajax's forearm. At first glance, the children thought he might be a dragon whelp, but something about the notion felt wrong. He had only two limbs, stubby little arms with clawed hands comprised of three fingers and a thumb. There were no haunches or back legs, only a plump belly that swooped into a tail much like a slug without the slime. His head was crowned with three baby goat horns, if they could even be called horns. They were more nubs, really. He bore two traits that were decidedly non-draconic. For one, his wings were feathered little things that might have belonged to a cherub, almost comically small. They hardly beat at all, rather fluttered now and then to help him change direction. The feathers were mostly blue, like his scaly skin, but there were variations of purples, reds, and greens that made the wings quite beautiful. The other trait that frustrated the dragon whelp theory was the mane that flowed down his spine to the tip of his tail. It was vaporous like fluffy clouds billowing up an endless supply from his body. He seemed to be weightless, and rather swam through the air with his tail, as though it was a vast pond above the ground. What are you? Ajax asked, unconcerned with how rude such a question might come off. I'm a wind sprite, Talavos replied. Thank you for helping us, Talavos, Cassandra said more diplomatically. I brewed the berries in with her tea, Talibos said. She commented that it tasted different, but I told her I added mugwort for her digestion, which I did. She is prone to fierce indigestion when anxiety gets the best of her. As you can imagine, it happens often. She drained four cups before I came to fetch you, and I suspect she'll be under the full effects of the berries by the time we cross paths. It was true. When the children and Talibos walked into Zagora's parlor, they found a very different woman than before. Zagora's eyes were full of stars, and she greeted them as long-lost friends. Mistress, the children wish to leave now. May we have the key? 
Calavos implored. An ear-to-ear smile lit Zagora's face as she took the chain and bone-carved key from her neck and handed it to Talavos. Give them some tea before they go, Talavos, my honey sweet, she commanded. No, thank you, Cassandra said politely. Must you wonderful children leave so soon? Won't you stay and help Bendy Zagora break the curses with your blood? <laughs> she cackled almost toppling back in her chair. No, Ajax said. We're leaving. That's that. <laughs> Very well, Zagora said, resting her chin in her hands and blinking dreamily at them. It was a silly idea, I agree. I wish you beautiful children all the best and do write to me once in a while. I think I should die of sadness if you don't. The children smiled uneasily, and Talavos led them quickly from the room. They moved through tunnels and stairwells, up and down until finally they stood again in the room of a thousand doors, all moving, shifting on the walls. Talavos, without a second glance, flew to one door, way up in the corner, and turned the key in the lock. Suddenly, there was only one door before them. It stood open, beckoning to the children. I'm glad you survived. Cassandra, Ajax, Talavos said, looking into each of their faces in turn, as if taking them in for the last time. Please, never return to this place, and may good fortune lead you on. But surely you're coming too, Cassandra said. Oh, that I could. I am yet bound to Zagora as her familiar. I cannot leave unless she were to release me, and the magic will not let me ask. There's trickery in it now. Her being under the dark thornberry's power. The magic knows, and I am forbidden. No, Ajax protested. There must be a way. We're not leaving you here. Think of what she'll do when the berries wear off. She'll kill you for helping us. Indeed, she may, Talavos agreed. You are good children to think of me, but do not. It is enough for me to have helped you escape. Do not put yourselves back in danger on account of me. If I die, it will be with gladness, knowing that I helped save you. Talavos, that won't do. Cassandra's hands were on her hips, her feet planted firmly. We'll march back there and tell her to let you go. Don't you think that will work? I cannot say, Talavos replied. I am forbidden to give any advice regarding the bargain for my freedom. Yes, the magic compels me, and I cannot disobey. Lead us back to her then, Ajax said. When they returned to the parlor, Zagora was dancing round the room in elation, fat rolls jiggling beneath her dingy shift. She whirled round to face them and held out her arms, inviting them to join in. We've come to ask for Talavos' freedom, Cassandra said. Zagora stopped and stared, and for a tense moment, the children feared she'd come to her senses. But then she said, How could I live without my Talavos? I cannot bear to part with him. Besides our lives and our blood, is there anything you would take in trade for him? Cassandra asked. Zagora chewed a grimy fingernail and thought. In her eyes, the fox was struggling, 
working at a clever deal, but mostly it was frolicking. She thrust a finger up at last, brilliant stricken. I'll set him free for this and this alone. If handsome Ajax will kiss my lips so I can feel sixteen and beautiful again. Silence filled the room. Zagora wore a smile. All eyes fell on Ajax. The boy hesitated a moment. Truth be told, he'd never kissed anyone. The romantic in him had hoped his first kiss would be with a princess, or beautiful damsel he'd one day rescued. In his heart of hearts, he'd even thought once or twice that it might be with Cassandra, but he never told anyone that. Now he was faced with an ugly reality. His first kiss was to be sacrificed to save one who had more than earned the favor. There was really no choice in the matter. It had to be done. Bravely, he went forward and stood before Zagora. Her eyes were locked on him, her breath as repulsive as ever. He took a deep breath, and planted a kiss on her red lips. She held his face and kissed him deeply. It was wet, and he resisted the urge to retch. The girl in the wind sprite shuddered. Then it was over. Ajax rejoined them, wiping his mouth and looking green, and the three of them fled Zagora's labyrinth. The wastes were veiled in night and glittering stars when they emerged from the cave. They ran until Cassandra could run no more. And then they walked, Talavos leading the way. I can't stop smelling your breath, Ajax said, looking as though he might gag. Thank you, Ajax, Talavos said, tears in his bright eyes. That was a high price to pay for my freedom. I am in your debt. Oh, but I am free. He turned somersaults in the air, enraptured. Thank you both. There are no words. They cannot describe, but please, allow a lowly thank you to suffice. You'll never know the magnitude of what you've done for me. Don't mention it, Ajax said and grimaced. Especially the part about the kiss. Ever again. Besides, you saved us too. We're friends, and that's what friends do for each other. (laughs) You made her feel young again. Handsome Ajax. Cassandra said, (laughs) laughing. It was the first time she'd laughed since Philip disappeared. She almost stopped herself, almost felt guilty, but thought better of it. They were doing all they could to find Philip now. They were out in the agrosty wastes, braving witches and mingling with wind sprites. They were closer to finding him than they ever could have hoped to be in Gravia, or any of the other kingdoms for that matter. So Cassandra allowed herself that laugh, and it felt good. Ajax scrubbed his mouth on his sleeve again. That breath of hers must have been one of the curses. There's no way any normal person's breath could be that bad. You're right, Talibos said with a smile, a strange thing on his froggish lips. That is the first of her curses. I'm told Zagora was young and beautiful once. A wizard took interest in her. But he was a homely man, and she scorned him. This was all before I came into Zagora's service, mind you. The story goes that when she spurned his advances, he cursed her with such rotten breath that her beauty would mean nothing. The breath would be enough to repel any man. It certainly has been. Silence fell on their group. The terror of Zagora behind them, 
the children realized just how tired they were. Ajax shook his face and gave himself a slap. Cassandra resorted to talking to keep herself awake. She soon was telling Talavos their tale, from Philip's disappearance to how they'd met Zagora and wound up in her home. You mean your brother simply vanished after reading the spellbook? Talavos asked. Yes, vanished. How strange, said Talavos. He looked troubled. I wish I knew more about such things, but I know little of the world of men and scarcely more about the ways of wizards. Zagora kept me under lock and key in her labyrinth ever since I was stolen from my home. How did you wind up with that witch anyway? Ajax asked. Talavo shut his eyes as if the memories were just behind his eyelids. A shudder ran through his body. When he opened his eyes, they were pools of grief. It's a long tale, and one that I do not wish to recap now. Perhaps another time, my friend. An idea has come to me. You said you were seeking your Amaris. I believe that it's a good place to start looking for Philip. And I know a way. Or rather, I know of one who knows the way. Who? Asked Cassandra. It is not safe, said Talavos. You must know that nothing in Agrosti is safe. But this is a terrible risk. Still, if you wish to find your Amaris, I know of no other way. We must go to Charles. That name sounds familiar, Ajax said. He's the one who cursed Zagora, said Cassandra. Yes, with her third curse, to walk the earth as a fox. Charos is a strange one, quite unpredictable. You will see when we meet him, said Talavos. Talavos, you keep saying we and our. Do you plan to come with us? Yes, of course, he replied. I could not live with myself, for I'd leave you two children alone in these awful wastes. But don't you want to go back to your home? She asked. The same sad look filled his eyes. Not now, was all he said, and neither of the children felt right questioning him any further on the matter. And so, their two had become three. Somehow, having Talavos along changed everything. He was a magical creature. He was out of the ordinary. In fact, he sent ordinary over a cliff to its death. And his out of the ordinary was enough to rival the out of the ordinary of the wastes. If we do make it to near Amaris, Talavos said thoughtfully, we must be very cautious and always on our guard. Didn't you say you had spoken of near Amaris with Zagora? If she wishes vengeance upon us, that will surely be the place she will search for us. Does she know where it is? Asked Ajax. I believe she may, Talavos said. There was a time when she was often gone for days on end. When she returned, it was always with an armful of books or scrolls or a magical trinket of some sort. She never told me where she went, and I never thought to ask. I was newly enslaved at the time, and too preoccupied with trying to escape. I hope she doesn't come, Cassandra said. We'll give her a fight if she does, Ajax said. She's nothing but a fox up here, remember? She can still use magic as a fox. Do you remember that? Cassandra said. I bet Talavos has more magic than her. He's a wind sprite after all. 
That has to mean something. Don't you have magic, Talibos? I bet you can beat her black and blue now that she's released you. I don't know, said Talibos. I've never tried using magic in the way that you humans use it. I've never heard of a spell until I came to serve Zagora. Magic simply is to a sprite. It's not something we use. It's a part of us. Ajax eyed him thoughtfully and scratched his head. Well, I hope you have some kind of powers. They might come in handy. Ajax, you shouldn't say things like that. It sounds rude. Cassandra scolded. Talavos has already saved our lives and agreed to come along with us to help. Does it mean less if he doesn't use magic like a wizard? I didn't mean it like that, Cass, Ajax said. Sorry, Talavos. Quite all right, my young friend. We shall see what powers I possess. It will take time. I'm not sure where or how to begin. How about a big gust of wind? Ajax suggested. You are a wind sprite, so that should come naturally. Perhaps another time we can try, Talibos said with a froggish smile. For now, let us stop for the evening. I believe we are not far from Jaro's domain now. I do not fancy our luck if we meet him tonight. He is quite fickle, but tenfold so at night. I have heard many a tale of misfortune that involved a meeting with Jaros after the sun went down. Hello, everyone. This is Keith, writer and co-creator of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend about us. It really helps. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Path of Legends. We're proud to be a part of the Podbelly Network. You can find us and other great podcasts at podbelly.com. Thanks again for listening.